Monday, March 28th, 2016, I found myself performing an exorcism on myself. That's right, prior to that fateful Monday morning, I'd been listening to one of Duncan Trussell's fabulous podcasts. Duncan is known for going into rants about self-improvement and using colorful, unique language to convey his point. But in this particular rant, he did something that I found quite intriguing. He personified a person's vices as demons. The gist was that vices are not you. They're foreign. They are like demons possessing your body. And that got me thinking. What demons have I been wrestling with that are not me? That are foreign to my body? Immediately I knew which particularly nasty one. I had to face the demon of cigarette addiction. I've been smoking for the better part of 16 years, and as of March 27th, the day before the fateful exorcism, I was smoking more than I ever have been in my life. I wanted to quit, I had to quit, but I couldn't. The physical, mental, and emotional addiction was too strong. Truly, it was a demon. But thanks to Duncan, I could now visualize this demon living inside me. A most unwelcome, but powerful guest. And then I thought to myself, if I can visualize the addiction being a demon, can I also visualize the exorcism of this demon? It was a pretty, pretty exciting idea, actually, so I decided I'd try. And I conceived an exorcism ceremony, planned, for execution on Monday, March 28th. But like any good exorcist, I needed tools for my toolbox. The tools I chose aren't traditional. I chose meditation instead of holy water, yoga instead of a crucifix. But most importantly, I chose the power of my own imagination. I'm excited to tell you about the results of this exorcism, but before we can cover those, it's, it's worth delving into a study of my chosen tools. Meditation already gets a lot of hype, as does yoga, and there are plenty of resources to learn about both. But you'd be hard-pressed in everyday life to have a conversation with somebody about imagination, at least as the main topic of conversation. We don't talk much about imagination in the nine-to-five, two-cars-and-a-mortgage kind of a life. I thought, is this because people with true imagination are in limited supply in the world? Is this why we venerate the artist, the musician, the filmmaker, the theoretical physicist, anyone who has demonstrated their imagination in some sort of a tangible way? Like the architect who dreams a skyscraper into existence. But the real 
truth is I don't know what other people's imaginations are like. A, because I don't talk about it, but also B, because I've only experienced my own imagination. I live in my own head. So what is the imagination of others like? Is it absent? Does it exist to a lesser degree than mine? Does mine exist to a lesser degree than others? Or are there doorways that are locked for some people and simply open for others? Since imagination is not a hot or sexy topic, there are precious few people I've discussed it with. However, I do have a friend named Tim Pickerel, who does podcasting as well, and like me, he enjoys writing fiction. These two factors alone would have made Tim a good candidate for a discussion about creative imagery, but I reached out based on another characteristic Tim and I share. Marijuana, that sweet, sweet weed, makes our imagination so vivid that what we see in our mind's eye appears very, very real. I recently sat down with Tim on a beautiful summer evening after we both took the sacrament, and we dove into the depths of this topic. We discussed the power of imagination. The interview that follows is an exploration of one of the tools I chose for my own personal exorcism. And through this exploration, I hope to give you a newfound curiosity regarding imagination. As for the results of the exorcism, stay tuned, don't touch that dial, and strap in, high filers, for we all have demons in need of slaying. Go back to hell! Alright. Are you, do you need a beer or anything? I'm about to have a beer. No, I'm actually going to try this without having alcohol because I've never just smoked before. Um, so I actually wanted to talk about that w- with regards to your other experience that you told me about where you saw things from an edible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, <clears throat> that was a bad time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got a... We got these brownies from a friend of ours, or a friend of my significant others, and they gave us two small brownies. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting... Those are good folks. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really <laughs> nice people. So we eat one, or we eat ha- one half a piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and after an hour, like, nothing's happened. So it's like... Is this supposed to do anything? Oh, yes. You're going up the roller coaster, Uh my friend. (laughs) So I was like, it's been an hour. Um, We should probably go ahead and take the other half. Nice. (laughs) So I take the other half. (laughs) And then I guess it was like another 10 minutes after that. Classic blunder, by the way. Mm -hmm. Don't feel bad about it. (laughs) Everybody gets one. A lot of people get impatient. Mm -hmm. And they're like, it probably probably didn't work. And so they eat more. And it's like, oh, no. Well, I didn't... I wouldn't think an hour was impatient, but I didn't know any better at the yeah. time. So No, that's what I'm saying. It gets you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. We eat the edible, and then it's Doctor Who. Doctor Who comes on, and I really enjoy Doctor Who. Yeah. I can't enjoy it at all, <laughs> because now my heart is just thundering in my chest. Oh, so you were felt your body. Mm-hmm. That's what was going on. Yeah, apparently I don't like doing that. Yeah, well, that's actually a whole other tangent we could talk about, but mm-hmm. I've learned through meditation lately to do that on purpose, and it calms you way down. Oh, I got you. you know? 
Uh, so you probably felt it for like, you're like, oh my God. My, I, I can feel this. my heart beating. Yeah. I think I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing I did when I saw The Matrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm convinced I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> my partner was no help at all. <laughs> well, here's where the paranoia kicked in. That's an unfortunate side effect of weed, but mm-hmm. it's almost like a a wild beast that you can learn to tame over time if you're able to enjoy it right. enough, you know? So, my significant other's no help at all. She, like, eats it, and then she's like, do you really think you're having a heart attack? I go, I think it's something we need to keep an eye on. Um, you might need to... <laughs> I might need to go in to have a heart, heart attack. Was she under the influence, too? Oh, yeah. That's she, awesome. She had a whole one herself. <laughs> Did she panic? No. <laughs> oh, good. No, that's what I'm saying. She's like... She was chill. She was she was so chill that I would have just died in the house if I had actually had a heart attack. She's like, I'm sorry. But, but she did the right thing in the right situation. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe in, intuitively. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I want to do is go to the hospital. like, I think I'm having a heart attack. And then yeah. they say, oh, man, this guy can't hold his edibles. <laughs> We've had edibles right now. Oh, man, that'd be funny. She suggests we go to bed. So... I'm like, okay, I'll go to bed. I close my eyes, and it is brighter than my dark bedroom when I close my eyes because I'm seeing these flashes of color. Nice. And these flashes of color, speaking of flashes of color, there goes a firework. Um, (laughs) These flashes of color start forming lines like uh, like a grid, kind of like Tron or something like that. And then I'm like falling through all these grids and everything, but suddenly the colors and the lines and stuff turn into something more akin to stained glass. Yeah. And the stained glass stops my fall. Oh, nice. But I feel like I'm actually laying on stained glass and it's like really fragile, but the metal edges are like digging into my skin. Uh-huh. And then finally that sensation fades by all these colors start swirling into like patterns and shapes and really, really weird shapes. Like I'm mm-hmm. picturing like this, um, old coffee kettle with a smile on it oh wow or um <laughs> just a cup of coffee i really like coffee apparently that's what everything's something like a like a clip it's like clip art that i'm basically yeah, I saying gotcha. <laughs> it was the weirdest just thing. images mm-hmm. like, like to make you kind of think and feel just from a picture i'm like just trying to like figure out why am i seeing these, these it's like pictures. a word association game that was played on you mm-hmm. or something yeah i don't yeah i don't know what it was dude but were it's... there any messages on the uh Images of clip art? Did you like? Did it make you realize anything? No, not at all. Did you get any insight? <laughs> apparently, I really like coffee, and I really wanted pancakes with a stack of butter and a smiley face. Well, that's pretty good insight. Everything was a, <laughs> everything was like a smiley face. So, well, there you go. There's your insight. Well, apparently, smiley faces scare the hell out of me. Uh, or it's trying to tell you that, uh, like the Monty Python song, "Always Look on the Bright Side mm-hmm. of Life." That could have been it. Could have been. Pancakes. <laughs> it's the pancakes of life. It's all breakfast stuff, basically. <laughs> oh man, I really like I really like breakfast, and I really like smiley faces. I yes. like toaster strudels. Like if I was going to have some junk breakfast, mm-hmm. man, toaster strudels. I had been thinking good. about the uh, the savory toaster strudels. Oh, those are really the good too. With the scrambled eggs, because I used to eat those a lot in high school. I used to eat them every morning before I went to the submarine. Mm-hmm. Man, <laughs> it was shit, but it tasted yeah, awesome. I figured it's like okay. Well, last time I had them, I was probably seventeen or so. I'm a grown ass man. I can go get myself some toaster strudel if I want some toaster strudel. That's right. But I never have yeah. because I'm convinced as soon as I bite into that, it's like. I'm probably going to vomit because this is probably literally the worst taste that 
humans can cobble together it's in, like, in one material form. It's the hot pocket of breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know about hot pocket thanks to Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. So, when you told me this before, mm-hmm. did, was there more? No, that was pretty much it. Okay. I, think I, I think I fell asleep after that. Um, and I woke up and I felt fine. When you told me this before, I was like, aha. Like, this is what I was thinking in my mind. I was like, aha, we can do that to people. Because mm-hmm. it's done it to me before. Then the other people that were sitting at our table eating with us were like, dude, I think you had something more than weed in there. Yeah. But Sarah ate them, too. Mm-hmm. And did Sarah report anything like no, that? No, she just got tired and had to go to sleep. So if hers didn't have it, what are the odds that yours had it? Zero. Right. You know? Um, so that got me to thinking more in my mind about uh, you as kind of like a kindred spirit. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you can see things, um, and I can see things, well, what kind of common ground do we share? Mm-hmm. And I started to think about our love of, like, reading and writing and using our imagination. Sure. And I thought, do we have a keener imagination than the population at large, Hmm. do you think? And do you think there's still millions of us, you know, of that type of imagination and probably some way more brilliant than ours. But I do kind of feel sometimes like my visual imagination is going at a pretty high frequency Mm -hmm. and the weed can sometimes just kind of tune it in and all sorts of creative shit can like flow out. Right. But I have still always thought of it as seeing it in my mind's eye. Okay. You know? Uh, So what do you think about that? I, uh, I think that could potentially be very true. I, um, I always wonder like these people that you, come across in your life that are like really really kind of boring dollar yeah yeah and it's like do they secretly have like a really vivid imagination to like compensate for that or are they really like that dullard in like always well i've seen people too that uh never let their mind wander you can see it Mm -hmm. you know and you're like hmm do they not let their mind wander because there's nothing to look at no imagination yeah that's wondered the same thing yeah so i was like man we got to talk about this (laughs) (laughs) so i was thinking about having like a test okay and we i i'll just say something it'll come out you know as fast as i can get it out of my mouth but it'll be random okay and it'll be then we'll have to picture that image for like a couple seconds Mm -hmm. and then report to each other what each other saw okay you know Oh, God, I'm going to be outed as a dullard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you're going to have a unique imagination that's going to be separate mm-hmm. from mine, but I still think it's going to be vivid, okay. and that's what I want to see. So, all right. Lightning comes through the ceiling, strikes the ground, and turns into a giant tarantula made of lightning. Okay. All right, what did you see? I literally saw... Pretty much exactly that, except the entire room was kind of like dark blue. And for some reason, I think I remember seeing the the lightning tarantula, blue lightning, and on tile. Like, everything was blue. Except for the wow. tarantula itself, it was actually black. That's cool, man. <laughs> and it's way different than mine. What was yours? Oh, man. I saw, like, a, a single lightning bolt pierce the ceiling, but not do much damage. Mm-hmm. Just the diameter it needed to get through. Um, so almost like a laser cut hole Mm -hmm. 
and it came through and it hit the ground and the ground got scorched and threw embers for like a split second but then instantaneously was uh, a real tarantula that was getting struck by lightning and then became made of lightning because like it absorbed it and, oh, the light, and the lightning stopped but all this was viewed with the normal room except the tarantula was on the floor so in my field of vision i cut out the physical objects that are blocking that view in the real world mm-hmm. in like a cutaway like huh. you would see in a diagram and uh that's how i was just watching it interesting almost like i was watching a movie oh okay and i think my imagination plays in the language of movies okay um mine seemed more animated yeah and you had a better spatial recognition mm-hmm. it sounds like yeah i've always thought that my imagination lacks spatial recognition like my distances are all arbitrary you know in my head okay whereas you mentioned your hallucination on the edibles as grid patterns and things like that and mm-hmm. i don't really see again clip arty kind of yeah drawings of things yeah so it seems to work different, you know what I mean? Yeah. But in a different visual language, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So where was I going? <laughs> <laughs> I had some notes. Let me see. Oh, okay. So that was that test. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do another test? Sure. <laughs> All right. The table is covered in rotten apples, and we have to eat them. Mm-hmm. All right, what'd you get? (laughs) (laughs) I got a mouthful of rotten apples. Did you also get very still but really vivid in your mind? So basically the entire room... We were quiet. We were both quiet. (laughs) Yeah. The the room stayed actually exactly the same, except there was just like a wave of rotten green apples like cascading down the table. And then I just had to like get down... Uh, at table level and go and eat through it and I like got like halfway through it's like a video game dude yeah it was and and you like see the uh, the cutaway like it goes like oblong as I as I go through it and oh man that's cool and I just like felt like having I had rotten apples in my mouth not that I actually had rotten apples in my, my mouth but there's like a feeling of a feeling of having apples in your mouth see I thought I was gonna eat them like that, I started to try to write the story in my head, but when I visualized it, a new story took over, <laughs> and it wasn't my story. So, uh, just the table was covered with moldy, you know, moldering apples, um, but they had obviously been there for a while to get this way and to start having their sugar content attacked by mold, you know, which meant there's bugs. Mm-hmm. And so I envision like roaches running amongst them, like little people in a town. Ugh. Like all the apples created lanes, you know, <laughs> the space in between them. I gotcha. And then I thought, uh, if there's roaches, there's got to be flies. Uh, well, there was this time where uh, I was patrolling this building in the Navy, like during the night mm-hmm. to um, secure it. And. There was a weird sound on the third floor, and I opened up this door, and there was, like, this ventilation panel, and it was overhead, and there was a bunch of flies flying around, but then when I looked up, 
the ventilation panel, which was supposed to have light coming through it as well, mm-hmm. uh, was completely black. It was a black mass. It was a swarm yeah. of flies, dude. I've never seen... Like, I walked into their house, basically. and But I think most of them were dead already. Right. That was pretty scary. Like, I couldn't imagine if they were all, you know, that. So, anyway, I imagined that the <laughs> apples had, were just filled with larvae, and they freaking uh, all turned into flies and swarmed us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like mine better because yeah. there was no bugs. Yeah, I know. If I hadn't seen that in real life, I probably wouldn't ever uh, thought of that. But egad, that was like <laughs> something out of a book. Zoinks! <laughs> I think egad might be a <laughs> little outdated. <laughs> <laughs> we should bring it back. Yeah, we add to the bad. What if we just? <laughs> what if we just dressed up like people from that, like at all times? I like I've got good. the mustache. I could always keep it curled up. No, we got to be people from now. So we say motherfucker cocksucker, <laughs> and we also say egad <laughs> when appropriate, which I think that was appropriate. <laughs> You got your fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay, so we're done with the test. <laughs> so, I have a theory of where the difference in our visual imaginations might have come from. Okay. Um, I was wondering if you want to take a guess. Like, what we, what would have happened or been in both of us and not in others um even though i went to a catholic school i didn't necessarily grow up uh with any kind of religion outside Mm -hmm. of what they taught at at the school so um i don't know i think as i'm in my high mind right now (laughs) no go for it man like when you're talking about like all the bugs and stuff like that, yeah. it's like it kind of like reminds me of plague, and then it reminds me of like biblical stuff, and it uh-huh. ma- it reminded me that you you have a much more religious background than I do. Oh, my background got a whole lot wider recently too. <laughs> <laughs> I found out there's lots of good stuff out there. Um, so well, that's a whole other episode. But uh, what were you going to say? You think that's where it came from? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know how. Like, I don't have the belief in the unseen, mm-hmm. which manifests you contemplating the unseen all the time, and you—the only way you can contemplate the unseen is to visualize mm-hmm. it because it's unseen. You yeah, know? you had the like you had a lot more like visceral detail in yours. Like, oh, as right, you, as right, you like right. drill down into like the apple lanes with the bugs and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I was spinning a yarn. <laughs> they, that's how I did it. You have to use a lot more words or different types of words to capture the essence of a picture. Of course, you lose tons of details, you know. But uh, so that's actually where it ties into my theory about where it came from, mm-hmm. is we were both adolescent readers. Yeah. So we read sentences that describe stuff in ways that other people did for homework assignments and then didn't look at ever. Right. You know, so we're... Our whole world, I don't know how much you read as a kid, 
Okay, I, I thought. Thank you. Love to read, just like I do. I uh, it yeah. Around seventh grade is when I really got into reading, and oh, I started yeah. reading uh, like a lot of sci-fi and fantasy, but like not like young adult sci-fi and fantasy. It was yeah. like it was like the major writers of the right time. On. So I uh, started reading really young, and I remember I used to fake being sick to stay home from school mm. so that I could f- read my book. <laughs> I did. I do remember in fifth grade, I faked being sick, so I could stay at the babysitters and read uh, "Say Cheese and Die," oh, the nice. Goosebumps book. <laughs> yeah, and I read that entire book when I should have been in school. That's great. Yeah. The uh, uh, so same thing for me, and I was starting to think of like actually our mutual friend Sam, who's an artist, mm-hmm. but not really a reader. He was a comic book. Uh, he liked to read comic books. Yeah. And I bet that that impacted his ability to visualize things, whereas ours is this much more abstract world where anything is possible because it's just language. Mm -hmm. If you can think it and put it into words, then you can transmit an image into somebody else's mind, which the cool thing about that, too, is if we both read the same sentence, even, it still doesn't contain enough detail for us to see the same thing. So our imagination pours into it and it kind of like becomes a blend of the transmitted message, but the environment of the recipient, Mm -hmm. the inner environment. Um, And if you spend a lot of time doing that as a kid, Mm -hmm. you're going to get a vivid imagination, I think. And that's my take on it. Yeah. Did I read a lot of... Yeah, I don't think I read a lot of comics as a kid. I mean, I knew of comic characters, but I right. didn't. I but you didn't, mostly prose for you then. You read prose. Mostly prose. Um, yeah, I tried reading the Chronicles of Narnia when I was in third grade. Yeah, that's a uh, that's some tough language for an American kid. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it very is. British. It is. Uh, so I only made it through the third book. So I mean, there there would be the occasional like Scholastic Book Club things where I would get. I'd get small novels and read those, but for the most part, my serious reading didn't happen until yeah seventh grade, and then I'd like read like a book a week after that for a long time. Have you ever manifested a fear so much that you've seen it in your mind's eye? Um, yes. All right. Do tell. Oh, you yeah. okay? <laughs> So I'm afraid of I'm afraid of heights. And I think one of the reasons I'm afraid of heights is just because I saw a commercial when I was like I, don't know, I must have been in like preschool or kindergarten where they were talking about a car going mm-hmm. like through the guardrail and like going to its death or whatever oh, so yeah, yeah. like ever since then when i think of like heights i think of like something going through a oh, guardrail yeah. and like into nothingness and that fear of heights prevails uh i still get i still get pretty iffy around heights i mean if i'm if i know i'm secured yeah then i'm not as likely to pee my pants <laughs> right on. i know like i went to city museum when i was 30 uh, so this this has been some years ago, but well, not that many years ago. Jeez. <laughs> um, but they have that bus on the roof. Yep. That like hangs out over there. I couldn't do that at all. For those of you that don't know, we're in St. Louis. Yeah. So we have a thing called City Museum, and it's like this 
architectural marvel. It's like really cool. Playground for adults. But on they have a lot of stuff on the roof, and one of the things is they have a school bus, and it's secured to the roof, but half of it's, like, off the roof. Like, you know, Superman threw it up there. And... The, oh yes, now I remember. And then the floor of it is towards the back. There's like a plexiglass uh, thing, so you can see straight down into the street. And it freaked me out. Like the entire concept of it oh, was man. awful. When I went, to, aren't you going to the Northwest? Yeah, dude. If you could stand it, I'll tell you about an awesome place. Mm-hmm. It would be awesome if you did it as like a trial by fire of courage or something mm-hmm. like that. That's what it'd be for you. For me, it was fun. <laughs> but uh, they have this place up in Vancouver where it's a park over a huge ravine. And this huge ravine has a rope uh, bridge mm-hmm. that goes across it. And you can walk across it. And it, there's only enough room for two people wide the, most of the way. Because mm-hmm. you got to shoulder past the other lane of traffic. Um, but it's suspended pretty damn high over this ravine. And then when you get over the ravine on the other side, they have treetop village. So they've built these really high, like wooden walkways all the way up through the trees. The wooden walkways though have like handrails. I think all of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can walk amongst the treetops mm-hmm. and it looks like indoor. That's pretty cool. Because it's the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. you know, it, if you guys could get up there, I think you would enjoy it. <laughs> Just that bridge. I'm just thinking of Temple of Doom. But that's what I'm saying. That's the trial by fire <laughs> to get to see the Ewok village. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you guys would enjoy it. Sarah yeah. likes nature, doesn't she? Yeah, she likes camping and things like that. Oh, and she, she would love it, man. And I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we descended into very non-podcastian <laughs> uh, realms. So let's bring it back up. Uh, we were talking about reading... And uh, the impact that it made. And here's the thing. I don't know a whole hell of a lot of people that still read. (laughs) I don't read that much anymore. I mean, every now and then I'll get a book like on my e-reader and read it. But for the most part, since I'm in the car 10 hours a week, it's all audiobooks now. Well, I, I mix them now. I have to. Like, I give myself a kick and in the seat of the pants because I hadn't been doing it. So now I've been trying to read one a week and I've been pretty successful for like a couple months. That's cool. Yeah. And it's cool to get such an, I also think that reading is like patching your operating system or downloading a plugin. Mm-hmm. Let's think like that, okay. you know? So it's like, Oh man, I read this book now. Boom. That whether I'm consciously thinking about it or not, Whatever I read about and sat there, basically when you read, you hallucinate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sat there hallucinating about this dead tree that's sliced up <laughs> uh, for a long time. I think that becomes like a patch in your uh, in your mind. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, when Neo's in the Matrix and he's hitting the how-to mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, information. Yeah. Uh, and then, so if you had this giant pile of how-to information, and you're not even sticking it in your jack, it's like, fuck, man. That's why I give myself a kick in the seat of the pants right. sometimes. Even if it's a fiction uh, novel or, or book or whatever that you're reading, 
doesn't matter. It's still food for the imagination. So, uh, oh, we were talking about fears. Yeah. Damn, we got way off track. (laughs) We went off the edge. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Right through the guardrail. So my fear as a kid, a real young kid, because I had two older brothers, so I was reading shit I shouldn't have been reading Mm -hmm. just because my level was a little bit more advanced. I'm like, oh, I could read this. You know, I read like the first page. So I read Stephen King's Silver Bullet when I was like really little. (laughs) (laughs) And I had, there's a scene in Silver Bullet where the kid walks across the street. I actually think there's like a covered bridge Mm -hmm. involved or whatever. Anyway, it's like a narrow, just one way uh, road. And in that scene, the werewolf just emerges from the darkness and chases the kid down. Mm-hmm. So my best friend growing up lived across the street. <laughs> I used to spend the night there a lot, but I didn't really want to sleep there. And my house was across the street. So mm-hmm. after we stayed up till two or 3 AM, <laughs> I would just go back home. Okay. But I never told my parents that. Uh, so I would go out and I would, it, everything would be dark. And there was a street light in between, like, my field of vision. Mm-hmm. What that did was it kind of washed out everything except for what was under the street light. Everything was just dark anyway. And all I could think about is while I'm crossing the street, a fucking werewolf steps right <laughs> out into the street light. And I'm like, ah! it's like when you see something with a flashlight when everything's dark, mm-hmm. you know? And I just shit my pants. But then I think, no, I don't. That's not where you get to cut the movie. The movie doesn't actually in there because this is life. (laughs) You know, it's my imagination, which I usually watch like a movie. And then it's like, nope, it would still be eating your guts. (laughs) Like you'd be screaming. It wouldn't be over. He'd probably break a couple of your bones before you even you went into shock. (laughs) It would be terrible. And he probably smells. (laughs) So that was my fear that I manifested a real vision for in my mind and kind of brought it into the real world. Just like you manifested a vision and brought it in the real world in relationship to heights. Mm-hmm. And it actually, the imaginary world affected the real world. <laughs> so are they, which one's real? Mm-hmm. Does that, isn't that trippy to think about? Yeah. And what if it works the other way around? We can make imagination guns and shoot them at people and turn them into not being dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Just vision shooting dicks. It's like shoot, right at them. It shoots what you are at you. <laughs> so if you're a dick, it shoots a dick at you. And if you're an asshole. And if you're an asshole, it, shoot, it shoots a sphincter at you. <laughs> and if you're a piece of shit, <laughs> it shoots a piece of shit at you. <laughs> What are some positive things? What could it shoot at you if you're already positive? You totally want to be a pussy. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Only it's a dirty one. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't want any of that. Oh. oh, man. What are some positive things that people are? Do we only... I can't even think of it. Do we only know how to speak in negative? What the fuck is wrong with this me? This is why we're going to hell. Exactly. This country's going to shit. It's no politician's fault. 
Fuck, man. If they could only manufacture love bombs and <laughs> drop them all over the entire country. We're like the Eskimos. We got 50 words for fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And not one for love. Exactly. So target me with the first love bomb because this sucks. <laughs> All right, so what's a positive thing you could be asked about to talk about? <laughs> I keep thinking swell guy. <laughs> oh, no. You're like big trouble, little China. <laughs> You're in anaphylactic shock because of an allergic reaction. Ah! He's a swell guy. That's what people treat you like if you actually are nice. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Even if you say know. somebody is a chip off the old block, you're just shooting rocks at it. <laughs> I think a chip off the old block, it could shoot one of those. So, <laughs> you know, that guy's like, you know what? <laughs> like father, like son. <laughs> it shoots. Like, it shoots you with a chip, but it hits your dad with the whole rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. And then I look at Conan and realize I'm a dad. He gets hit with a little chip, and then I get smoked. So you gotta teach your kids just not how to be like you. Yeah. And then Conan looks at that, and he's like, I'm getting the vasectomy tomorrow. I'm not getting hit with a block. Finally, the apprentice becomes the master. Yeah. Oh, man. Jeez Louise. So... The point was supposed to be, uh, (laughs) before we got into this imagination gun talk, the point was supposed to be, can you manifest something positive visually that affects your life? If you can manifest something negative, like a fear, what about like a hope or a dream? Have you ever envisioned a future? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, so... and I bet you manifested some of those. Uh, in pieces. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, though? Yeah, when we were ta- when you were talking about like positive things, I was thinking about, like, in the backyard, I'm planning on having, like, the outdoor studio. Yeah. So we don't have, like, we're not limited to just this room in the house, but we actually have, like, a decent-sized setup, and it's, like, right back there, and it's all, like modern looking with the um, mm-hmm. with the geometric shapes big windows which is awful to have in a studio so I don't know why I'm thinking about that it still sound, hey have what you want I want if we're talking about this I'm gonna forward you an essay that you should read okay. it's not that long but it's all about the space you live in and it's pretty cool and since you guys have just moved in I think it'd be an excellent thing to read awesome um, but yeah, so you've envisioned that, and so you're working toward it because you have this mm-hmm. place. Yeah, so basically, when I go to work every day, it's in the backyard, not you know, twenty miles away or whatever. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. I hate commuting. Yeah, it's awful. I don't let it bother me though, but I hate commuting. Yeah, well, especially like if you're if you have your trip timer on on the car. Yeah, because uh, like the newer ones they have, it's like it's it's not like it's you're used to have the odometer now it's like this is the trip timer and you just watch it tick away <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like okay i'm gonna reset this when i get gas on monday and we're gonna see how much i drive during the week and then yeah. at the end of the week it was like 10 hours 41 minutes and that's just the work week and i'm like wow. oh that sucks oh man that does suck so but like, it sounds like you make use of it to still titillate the old imaginary glands that's when i got into uh 
Yeah, it was right after I got that new car with the trip timer that I ended up getting like Audible and started listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff. Do you think that's why we prefer to make podcasts these days instead of write as much as we should? Um, Because you like to write as well. I do do like to write, and it's been a long time since I've actually gotten to write anything. Um, But do you think this is an acceptable substitute? Because... It still involves storytelling. It does. I mean, that, that imagination gun. <laughs> that needs to be a YouTube video now. Yeah, we need to make that should. video. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to shoot dicks on YouTube. But, but see, we're getting the ideas out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. So you're podcasting, but it, it's not that hard to digitally preserve something these days. Yeah, maybe it won't last as long as the pyramids, mm-hmm. but hopefully it'll last long as... We- until everybody's forgotten who the hell we are. Anyway. Yeah. I think a lot of the uh, the podcasting over writing is because podcasting is way easier than writing. Because yeah, we can just sit here and rap for 40 minutes and we talk about imagination guns <laughs> and got three degrees away from the original point. Yeah. You can't really do that in a book. You can do it in a first draft. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I've written some shit. <laughs> Oh, man. And also when you do this with a friend or something like that, then yeah. then it's a commitment to something that's more than just you. Like, we're writing, but we're not like, we don't have publishers or anything. So we don't have like a deadline. It's just kind of like on our own time. Right. And our own your own time is hard to come by. So it's, it's hard for me to be here right now because mm-hmm. that means, you know, my kids haven't seen me all day and they're still not seeing me now, you know, but... Well, we got them on Skype. No. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they're wrapped up in duct tape in the closet. What? <laughs> we got a surprise. Guys, Jordan, this is your life. This turned into a whole different episode of Files. <laughs> uh, so let's see some manifestations that I've put into my life. All right. So I remember this one distinctly. This kind of led to my decision to go into the Navy. Mm-hmm. I was working at this shitty-ass retail store and not making much money, living in my own apartment, mm-hmm. you know. No real plan for the future or whatever. And I was pushing... I mean, I was still doing the wrestling stuff. I was My create, creativity was at an all-time high. Yeah. But I had no money. <laughs> so I was pushing this pallet jack around the back of this retail store in their warehouse space Mm -hmm. going in between these big racks you know and moving stuff and i thought man i could do the same shit job in the belly of a boat and get to see the fucking world you know what i mean yeah and then i that whole day i pictured myself doing that and then when i got out of there I heard this song. It was a Celtic song about the sea. Far away Across the ocean Underneath An Indian star Dwells a dark And it 
flooded all this other imagery of actually seeing the water, walking down the pier, you know, the gulls overhead. Mm -hmm. And so it was like one image that was the impetus and then another image that was the reinforcement necessary to make a shift. And, uh, And the next day I called the Navy and signed up. It's cool. Well, that was all uh, visions. <laughs> so, like Moses with the burning bush, right. I saw what needed to be seen, you know, the way my life's turned out or whatever, but I needed something, and this is what I was given, but I actually followed it, and it's interesting to do that. Hmm? Have you ever had a vision like that, that you followed? No, it doesn't have to be that fast, either, you know. Nothing, nothing that shifting can uh, springs to mind right no, now. No, it doesn't have to be. But anything, even little thing. I mean, I could have told any story. I just chose that one because it's fun. <laughs> mm. But I've done it with smaller things. Give, me, it, give me a smaller thing example because my head's trying to think big. Losing <laughs> a couple pounds. Okay. Changing my wardrobe. I'm not going to dress like this anymore. You know, I'm going to dress a little bit more like this uh-huh. because I imagined it. Imagined what it would be like. And then done that. Yeah. I've, uh, I've gotten motivated to lose weight that way. Gain it all back, but <laughs> oh, that's doesn't matter. You still did it. Yeah, you manifested it. Uh-huh. I manifested starting to bike more, and we got bikes. Nice. Um, Have you ever drawn a picture? It's been a long time since I've drawn anything. But you've drawn before. When I yeah, and you do all those graphics now. So you see the ingredients in all these different pictures and tools that you have, and you bring those images into existence. Uh, so you do that. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that, the little tiny things we do with our imagination. Mm-hmm. That some people go, oh. Like, we've both had that in our lives where people are like, oh, wow, you did that? Mm-hmm. You know? Because, and I, to me, that's a compliment when somebody says that. Yeah, we thought you were dumb. Well. <laughs> we thought you were such a dullard. They're just amazed because they are a dullard, and they're like, what? I thought you were like me. I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't think they do it out of, you know, they're just, that's why they don't get bent out of shape either. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, you're creative. They have a label <laughs> for it, you know. He's very creative. Such a vivid imagination. <laughs> oh, the things that boy will say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's charming after a while. <laughs> but when you're an adult, I think the more imaginative you are, the more people think you're a weirdo. Right. R- what Run with that. I what was, do you think uh, about that? I was just thinking about that. It's like, do I really like do that much imagining Imagining anymore? Like, especially like at work or something like that? Or has like my life, like the routine of life and work just like kind of sucked that away a little bit? I'll tell you why it sucked it away. is because the last vestige that you held with you through childhood was writing. That was the only time now that you were allowed at this stage in life to imagine. And when that went away... Right. Went away. So that's why I think we yearn for it so much. Um, And we also yearn to just be creative. Yeah. But I've been noticing that my imagination has come out big time through yoga. Okay. And I know I've talked about it a little bit or whatever, Mm -hmm. but... The long and short of it when it comes to imagination is a lot of the exercises are pretty exerting, 
but you do them in such a fashion that you can close, have your eyes closed for an hour. And if once you know the routine and know the poses, mm-hmm. that's why it's so easy if you actually learn a lot about it because you can let your mind just drift away into imagination land while you work out. I don't think I could do that lifting weights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or I could do it in only short bursts. But this, so since I can do that, I'm kind of like in imagination land the whole time. I can just sit there and use my time in two different ways. You know, work out my body and imagine. And it's been a lot of fun, man. That's cool. Yeah. I'm just, uh, and then quiet time's the same as that. Polishing the old noggin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And no, that's not some stupid ass street <laughs> slang. Noggin's an old word, like he gad. <laughs> Imagination. That's how we bring it home, man. This is the third act. This is the climax. All right. So, should we do one more test? Yeah, okay. Where you want to tell me what you. And that's the thing, you gotta just let the words come to your mind and try to get them out as fast as you can so you don't pre envision too much before you say it. Okay, this will be interesting to do. It's like free verse. I guess you're about to free verse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you become a street poet and I'm responsible, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can live with myself, but here we go. <laughs> okay. Outside, the ground is split and there's fire coming out of the top of it and there's a big, like, horn giant in the background. Ooh, man. I was going down one path and the horn giant totally freaking <laughs> moved it to the side. Oh, jeez. Okay. I think I just went into meditation, man, dude. <laughs> I think I just went into the astral plane flexing my imagination so hard. Okay. Holy cow. Dude. What do you got? All right, so... <laughs> oh, jeez. So you immediately said a split ground. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I pictured this split, and it was like a canyon with water running down it, And but it went really far, and the water ran out to the sea, and the sun was right there, you know, in the middle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. And then it f- filled up with, like, light from the sun, and it started getting mm-hmm. lighter and lighter. I'm like, oh, this is like some uh, heavenly-type vision. <laughs> and then you go, one horn giant. <laughs> That's what you said, right? Yeah. And I was like, and I saw this one horn giant <laughs> that looked kind of like a minotaur, but it, you know, instead of mm-hmm. having a bull head, he had a human head, but he had one massive horn mm-hmm. and you know, big ugly features. And he's trying to nudge it like a celluloid piece of film or whatever, nudge the beautiful vision out of the way to <laughs> uncover this terrible vision. And I'm like. <laughs> Dude, I'm not looking at the terrible vision. So I will just picture the first nice one horn giant I can think of. It was a fucking unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I think I was on the astral plane. Because then I picture this fucking unicorn kind of like riding up to the edge of the cliff. But the camera angle change was too much for me. <laughs> And I was like, I'm also not picturing a fucking unicorn. Because I don't want somebody to call me a daffodil. (laughs) I can't put that on the podcast, except I just did. (laughs) 
And then I was like, what other one-horned giant could there possibly be? A rhino. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, rhinos are butt ugly. Oh, wait a minute, but the savannah is not butt ugly. The savannah, from a bird's eye view, is beautiful. And I bet rhinos are beautiful, too, running around in their own home. And not having to be captives and all sad in the zoo <laughs> like you usually see them, you know. Maybe they are beautiful. And then I just soaked it all in, and then he brought me back. Man, <laughs> your head goes to way more places than mine. Does. Well, this is because I've been meditating lately. <laughs> so, in mine, it was like I was looking right out of the uh, into the backyard, uh, but right where the right where the patio ends, it's like dirt and rock kind of like uh-huh. remember masters of the universe how it was always like dust and oh, yeah, shit there yeah, except yeah, for the occasional you. tree so it was like that except this uh my, the right half was up and the left part was over to the left so there's this big fissure and when i mentioned that there was uh like light coming out of it it was like literally like glowing like the fires of mordor <laughs> coming nice. coming through <laughs> and then like the sky is completely like red like uh I guess kind of like deserty as mm-hmm. well, like uh, red at the top, yellow at the bottom, and then the giant's just like way off in the distance, but like coming closer, and he's like he's kind of red skinned, uh-huh. and he's got his horns are like the uh, Viking helmet horns. Oh, okay, yeah, and uh, he's like wearing a loincloth, and he has a big ass glove. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that sounds like the first guy I pictured <laughs> that was trying to get into the picture. Jeez, no, I like how you, the landscape with the red sky freaking jumped to life. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're so, talking about the, uh, when you're talking about the giant nudging it away, it's like I'm literally picking, picturing <laughs> him like pushing a frame out like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. That's exactly what it was like. That's exactly so what it was like. So it's like just like. a white screen behind him. Oh, no, behind him was another piece of celluloid that had the hell. Oh, okay. So I saw like the edge of like some flickering flames, and I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not going there. No fucking unicorns there. I bet there's lots of horns, though. <laughs> it is he who commands you. You flung you. Prince of heaven to the depths of hell. Fuck him. Be gone. Fuck him, Garrus. From Fuck this him. creature of God. Be gone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you to Tim Pickerel. For that awesome discussion about imagination. I feel like having that discussion with him and also being able to share it with all the high filers out there, there's a better understanding of imagination that can now come through. With that understanding, we can discuss the results of the exorcism. So here's basically how it went down. I decided on Easter Sunday that I'd had enough. I smoked my last cigarettes and I said, tomorrow morning I'm going to perform this exorcism. So with imagination as a firm tool in my toolbox, I set out to perform the exorcism. In the morning, I normally do kundalini yoga routine. At the beginning of each routine, One of the things you do is set your intention. A lot of people set the intention, you know, get it in their mind and think, oh, I want to, you know, really nail this pose or I 
want to be able to control my breathing better and uh, focus on my breathing longer. That's the physical aspect of yoga, but there is also a deeper aspect, and that's what I set my intention for. So I set my intention to visualize this smoking addiction as a demon, find where it is in my body, and to purge it. So I got high as fuck, I started doing my yoga, and because I set my intention, my focus the entire time was beating the demon of cigarette addiction. So it was constantly in there. I was thinking, where is this demon? It it must like to hide because I can't get rid of it easily. And I just felt like, okay, you know where it is now. It's this spot in you that's been there for far too long. So I visualized the demon being inside of my body. And then towards the end of the yoga routine, you sit in a meditative posture and you enter a deeper meditation. And you put your left hand on your heart. You hold up uh, your right hand in a mudra. And then you just breathe and you hold the breath. And then you let the breath go. Breathe in deeply again, hold it, let it go. So I was like, this is the time. This is the time that I'm going to purge this demon once and for all. And I thought to myself, every time you breathe in, you are breathing in pure healing light. And as you breathe that pure healing light into your body, it is going to, like rain, pour over that demon, surround it, start to penetrate it, And as soon as I did that, took a deep breath in, I got this feeling like the demon didn't like what was happening. And so when I exhaled, I said, you're going to exhale all that demonic energy. So on each exhale, I visualized the demonic energy coming out of me like, like black smoke almost. Then I would breathe in the healing light again, and the demon would get more and more agitated. And this kept going on in several breath cycles until it felt like it hit a climax. And when I breathed out, instead of just demonic energy, the demon itself left my body through my nose as I did the final exhale. And there was just something about me. I felt it inside. That I was done. I haven't had a full cigarette ever since then. Two times I asked my friend uh, for a cigarette to just see if I could pick it up and put it down kind of like a test. I smoked a couple puffs and then I just put it out on the ground because I really truly didn't want it anymore. Another thing I've been trying to do is lose weight. I heard a really interesting interview with Dennis McKenna, who is basically an ethnobotanist, is how you can think of him, and he was describing visions that he had on an ayahuasca trip, and he said he was having problems understanding uh, a plant and how it functions, and so on this ayahuasca trip, he said he became a water molecule, and traveled up through the root system and it was like the psychedelic was showing him how the plant worked 
by him actually going through the process of photosynthesis and the route that a water molecule would take. Well, when I heard that idea, and uh, I successfully, this was after I successfully performed this uh, exorcism of the smoking demon, uh, I thought, what else can I do through the power of visualization and, and imagery and meditation and yoga? Um, so another problem I had is that after a meal, I had big sugar cravings. I would always have to have like some, some kind of sugary substance, whether that was candy or a cup of hot cocoa or add some sugar to my coffee. Uh, some way, uh, you know, to get a sugary fix. Well, I'm trying to, I'd been trying to lose weight right around the same time I was trying to quit smoking. And I thought, I wonder if I can visualize myself as an electrical impulse, the electrical impulse that fires across a synapse in my brain that tells me I have a sugar craving. And if once, if I can do that, why don't I just look around and see if, like throwing a lever on a train track, I can alter that path in my brain and be free of this sugar addiction? Uh, so that's what I did <laughs> in deep meditation. I visualized myself traveling up my spine after the act of eating, going up into my brain where all these signals are firing, and finding the spot that started firing a lot because that was my sugar addiction. I found the spot, and I visualized myself changing it. Well, high filers ever since then, not only have I continued to not smoke, my sugar addiction is gone. I have lost 20 pounds to date. Not really trying that much harder than I was before, but cutting out the sugary substances now out of my life, it's made all the difference. I don't know what's next with this. I don't know if I'm satisfied with my own ability to explain it in this podcast, but I do know that there's going to be more. And it keeps getting weirder and weirder. Strap in, high filers. This is an incredible journey. When you observe the world, you see people, you see houses, you see the sky, uh, you see tangible objects. But when you observe yourself within, you see moving images. A world of images, uh, generally known as fantasies. Yet these fantasies are facts. It is a fact that a man has such and such a fantasy. And it is such a tangible fact, for instance, that when a man has a certain fantasy, uh, another man may lose his life. Or uh, a bridge is built. These houses were all fantasies. Everything you do here, all of the houses, everything was fantasy to begin with. And fantasy has a proper reality. It is, that is not to be forgotten. Fantasy is not nothing. It is, of course, not a tangible object, but it is a fact, nevertheless. It is, uh, uh, see, a form of energy. Despite the fact we can't measure it. It is a manifestation of something. And that is a reality that is just uh, uh, a reality as, for instance, the Peace Treaty of Versailles, or something like that. Yeah. It is no more, you can't show it. But it, 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 it has been a fact.
And, and so uh, the, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world, of the world within. Sure. All right. I don't know about this. Is my mouth supposed to be this dry? Oh, uh, yes. Go right. ca- I, have to, I, have to get, I have to get a refill. Of? Water. Oh.